Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Reload Podcast. My name's Lee Maxwell and joining me as usual are... Connor McCann and Nigel Lamont. This is episode number 79. Previous episode was number 78 because that's how numbers work. And we had a guest, uh, Connor Old, of local car show slash players and other English shows fame. Big time scene winner. Big time scene boy, for as sure. Little as he likes us saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Great to chat with Connor. Absolutely. Good interview about him and his dad and all the weird things they've done in cars over the years. Yeah, they're in the same kind of scene as us, but they're not. he's not like stuck in that, if you know what yeah. I mean. You yeah. know, he's plenty of variety. Uh, this episode, we have a few bits to talk about news-wise. Um, and Connor has a, an interview for us later on. And I have a little surprise for the end or towards the end of the podcast that I haven't told the boys about. So you'll get to, to hear that along with them. But we'll start off as usual with what's new with us. So, Connor, what's new with you? Um, well, firstly, shout out to Grant Gilliland over in Scotland, who got himself yes. a little PVW feature there. Good man himself. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I love that car and it's good to see it getting the recogni- uh, recognition it deserves. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm not a Mark Six lover, as you know, but Neither that one is wow. Neither am I. Um, well, I suppose we may as well stick with Mark Six things. What have I been up to? Uh, either you guys see what Marty Mim's up to? Well, Taking his car apart. I, I happen to know because yeah. <laughs> I know you've been involved in it. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, and then he started posting pictures. So he had asked me to come down, and I use the quotation marks consult on the bay. And I was like, okay, I know nothing about these cars, but I'm so interested. So you're a consultant now, Connor? Are we so. flew in by a helicopter? I wish. Yeah, limo. That's, uh, well, you know. A baller lifestyle. I was rewarded with no pizza, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Caleb were winding them up about having to buy us food. You got some monster though, didn't you? Yes, the man fed me monster and I was awake at two in the morning again. So thanks for that, Marty. Um, yeah, so he's going to town on the Mark Six for, well, I think it's Target Stubshed and some down do a few bad things but i just kind of there was a few little bits he was like what do you reckon here kind of thing and i was like yeah but they had it nailed down it's quite an undertaking on a modern car when you yeah. see the whole thing stripped yeah it's uh you know there's so much wire and stuff not compared to your your mark ii stuff so it's been a, a fun week for mark sixes um i had a bit of a disaster then i sumped the bora on the way to work so I can't remember many sumps. A little bit of third sump going on to it. I think. So, yeah. my was she too low low for our bow then, Connor? Is that uh, what you're she was too low for the curb sticking up in the entrance of work because like a drop curb and there's like one of them was broken and sticking up and mm-hmm. she just went clunk. Oh. So it was fun. Um, went home, done my usual chemical metal, got up in the air, pa- plastering it over it. Um, this was a significant leak, I shall say though. So have you ever chemical metal to sump? Yeah. So. You can get it on, then it starts to leak through, and then you give it another smear, and usually that's it. I think I had maybe six or seven goes, goes over to get it to stop, and then I finally bit the bullet, and I ordered a steel sump from a Mark Three. So that's going on, but I'm going to weld. Uh, what sort of money do they these days? It was actually really good. So I checked all the usual spots, auto dock, you know, all this yeah. kind of thing, and retrofication, who I think used to be Just Caddies in England. Um, mm-hmm. They do a lot of, like, engine swap parts for mark ones and stuff they had the metal sump and the, i wanted the proper rubber gasket mm-hmm. as opposed to the card one yeah delivered to the house with 52 quid mm-hmm. that's cheap uh and i mean like when i say delivered to the house i bought it was it, here in two days yeah i bought it at half six <clears throat> at night 
it was marked as being collected by the courier at 11 the next morning and I had it the following day. Definitely it wasn't Hermes that done the delivery then. Sorry, it's now called Emery, I think it's. I think it was. Emery. I'm Seriously? pretty sure it was, yeah, because I was shocked. They are getting such a slate in the middle mm-hmm. that courier. They've always um, been shit. So I was very happy with that. So I'm trying to track down. I want to weld a bit of five mil, five mil steel plate to the underside of it because it did that with my Mark Make III. proof. Yes. Well, it did that with the Mark III, which was static and very low compared to the Bora. So if it survived on the Mark III, it'll survive on the yeah. Bora. The only difference is the aluminium sump on the Bora covers the end of the gearbox. We're in a Mark III and Mark IIs. You've got like a, the plate that bolts yeah, on. Yeah. So I need to make a little plate, but it's no no massive issue. Um, I kind of wanted to wait until the ramp goes in so I can stand and sort of work around it, I suppose, the line on my back. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was fun. <laughs> I didn't expect to have to do that. Um, life challenges, eh? Yeah, that's low life, you know. That's what makes me mad. The bore is not even low. You know, it's it's lowered, but I mean, it's not low by the standards we would. That sort of reminds me. Castle Mellon one year, he was drove in and their car was in the air, but they still sumped it. Oh, I don't know. Sounds like Nalo died. That was one of his moves for a long time. It was the bore on, and you know, the ramps in Castle Mellon. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he wanted to drive in low, low and he sumped it. Oh. It's there. The problem is those Mark IVs and stuff, the aluminium sump, it's like paper. Oh, you touch true. it at all yeah. and just cracks. Yeah. yeah. So I think at the minute I've replaced the sump, then the one that's on it currently has been repaired twice, and then now I'm going steel. So fun times. Uh, and I can't even put, my other plan was to put engine mount racers in, because you can lift them in a Mark IV, mm-hmm. put an inch underneath them. But because of the four-wheel drive system, I don't know what way that works with a prop shaft, so I didn't want to... I might, might put pressure, or it might screw up the Haldex. Well, I was afraid of that, or the transfer box and the gearbox, mm-hmm. so I just said, you know what, I'll put a steel sump on it, be happy. Yeah. Now, there is the option of raising it up, but... Sure, for something's no. only 52 quid a time. Yeah, exactly. Than wrecking your Haldex or whatever. Uh, yeah, the, the gearbox is going to be a lot more. What else are we up to? Oh, I had a nice little day out with Stefan. Uh, oh, I you did? did mention I was sick on the last recording that I had been sick and I was really run down. Stefan kindly took me out for the day. Oh, so we went down. in the community. Thanks, Thanks, yeah, that's what it was like. So he was going down to Waterford to lift parts and he says to me, come on down, get you out of the house. You just have to sit in the van. So that was pretty much what we did. Add our way across the country and talk called shit. Called him with TJ. And- that was the day we called him with TJ. That's not Waterford. Well, well uh, <laughs> we, we were kind of like... Waterford. It was County Waterford, not yeah. Waterford Town. Ah, right. It was over like, like it was on the edge of Waterford. So we actually went over a mountain beside TJ's place called the V. Have you been up there? I hear TJ talk about all his speed, speed hunter shit was up there with uh, Paddy. Kane or yeah. Paddy. Sorry, yeah. Um, unbelievable. Like to the point where Stefan and I stopped the van to get out and take photos of just nothing, just the scenery. We're like, this is so cool. Yeah. Felt so old. And then there was like people running about in, like hiking gear and Stefan and I pulled up in the caddy van got out in like a pair of DCs and cotton. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and then lastly I had said on the Christmas party episode Dennis had sent me a present for my birthday and was hoping it would get here in time mm-hmm. so it finally arrived so he was very kind of sent me some Canadian snacks and goodies in that regard Excellent. but the best part of it is he sent me a big fleecy blanket to keep me warm which is a picture of him if you've seen the picture on his Instagram, him lying up on a big like length of pipe. So Dennis and his <laughs> big Dennis, I can cuddle Dennis in his big pipe when I'm cold in the evenings. Oh, what do you need in a cold winter's evening? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, thank you, Dennis. But that's what it's exciting as I have been this last while. What about you, Nigel? Um, haven't really been working on cars because you know Life. Life. Uh, yep. but 
good news on the shed front. I had the Larrick Buildings uh, guy out and he was just up doing a site visit, checking the people that had done the, uh, the base correctly and the spec and all the rest of it. And then he was just going through final specifications for what I wanted to, to be finished with, you know, where I wanted doors, types of materials to be used, color, stuff like that there. So that was two weeks ago. I was the New Year's Day week that week. And then he said next week we'll start manufacturing it. And then he says a couple of weeks will be out. I was going to say you'll have it in a couple of weeks because yeah. I was kind yeah, of the same quick. as us. End of January. And it's a wee handy one day job for them boys like. Yep. So. Yeah. And you have decent access and stuff in around as well. You know, you should be able to fit to get down there handy. Aye. So yeah, uh, yeah exciting times. Get that up and uh, get it wired out. And uh, yeah. The expansion continues. Yes. The Empire. What's your plan for the storage or working? A bit of both. A bit of both. Yeah, bit of both. that's nice. You can a bit of flexibility. A bit of good shelving and keep stuff for the shows in, you know. Yeah. That sort of thing. Like, you know. No, that'll be cool. You'll not know yourself when you get that. I won't. I won't. Like, it's the sheds up at the farm are different because they're agricultural buildings. It's not. It's cold and damp. And, yeah. And it's three miles up the road in the middle of winter. The last thing you want to do is sit in a cold, wet shed. Do you know what it is? It's one of those things. It's like you're grateful to have it, but if you have the opportunity to upgrade, yeah. why not? Yeah. Yeah. So exciting times that way. Um, on another note, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I put a couple of stories of the edition thirty. So I decided to put it up for sale, and I've already had a fellow out test driving it last weekend. Who needs to sell his car before he can buy mine? Everybody's getting the same boat, are they? So I'll probably be putting a proper ad up uh, to start of February. So if you're interested, give us a shout. It's two thousand seven edition thirty three door. Uh, it's in red. DSG, 111k, full service history. It's been serviced with genuine uh, Volkswagen parts from TPS. Well, Volkswagen, from, for, I think it was the first four years in the dealership, and then it was uh, Terry McAvoy and carried off using only genuine parts for the um, service and items and stuff. It has the original Pascaras on, completely refurbed by New Look, with Michelin Pilot Sports all around, H&R Springs, Arlen Intake, Stainless Exhaust, Stage 1 Remap, um, nice wee OEM Plus, getting rare to get in that form. That's your style all over, like OEM, OEM Plus. Plus. That's- yeah, because he went totally wild on the previous one, and then you were like, "As much as I really enjoy how this looks, it's not. It's not what I was. It's not a driver's car. What this one is. Yeah, it's a great driving car. Um, just of other things in mind, man. So, yeah, you're you're not like Lee, and I. You, know, you don't hang on to everything for the grim death, where you like to sort of chop and change and see what there is. I I have a few cars that'll sit. Oh yeah. Oh well. There's this gap in my collection where it's like a rotation. That just keeps in and out. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's probably how you should do it. Yeah. I wish is. I could do that. I wish I ha- I could have one that was, well, my daily is the interchangeable one, but ah, that's well, your daily. Yeah. It doesn't really count. But I get too emotionally attached to them and then... My daily is like, not allowed to be oh. interchangeable because I blew hot and cold about getting rid of the Bora and Lee's like, no, you're not allowed to. And I'm like, okay. I love the Bora. But it's one of those things. It's like once you do get rid of it, where are you going to get another one if you wanted oh, one again? It. There's no point in selling that. No. For all the money you would get for it, I sell it. Yeah. Although they're massively up in money now. Like, is that right? Like three and a half, four grand. Yeah. Well, those used to be like 600 quid cars. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, I still have more money in the Bora than those are making, but it's getting close to breaking even. I'm like, uh, I've never been in this position in my life. Hmm. I could be up here. Not so bad. <laughs> not that I ever sell anything. <laughs> um, new with me, not much, to be honest. Um, much like Nigel, life. Um, we did a wee bit of work in the garage yesterday. 
which was good. Yeah, I went out this morning to pull the bins in and realised how much we actually did get done yesterday, which was good. Because then it, we have a load of stuff to do to the jet, obviously, and we were talking about that for a while, and it was meant to start over Christmas, and Connor was sick, and stuff was going on, blah, blah, blah. Um, but then I had said... I just wanted the place to be clean and tidy before we started any work on it because it, with bits and pieces here and there and fucking stuff into it now because we have space, it's like it had become a bit kind of cluttered and messy yep. already. So I was like, no, we need a clean start. And because we haven't put, you know, the ramp's not in yet, so we haven't put the benches and stuff in. Cause we, so actually when you're working at something, there's nowhere to set stuff down or... You know, it's just a bit of a pain. What Nigel said earlier there in his guards, he was on about putting like storage and racking yeah. into it. That's exactly what we need. So we did, but we did a wee bit of tidying up. Stefan very kindly came around and gave us a hand. And then Stefan proceeded to be a bad influence and be like, sure, while you're doing that, you might as well do <laughs> that. You know there. the way your friends are just great at dare you to do that. <laughs> so you have decisions to make. I have decisions to make now, which <sighs> I'm not very happy about. But anyway. So more to come on that. Uh, we would have a call back to uh, something we haven't mentioned for a wee while, but because uh, we don't really like to push it that much. But we have the buy me a coffee set up and we had a couple of listeners very kindly over Christmas had bought us a couple of coffee slash beers. Uh, so thank you very much to them. Yep. We normally Thanks don't sure. name them, so I won't name them, but... You guys all know who you are, so thank you. I know. I'd actually like to name them, but I didn't check it because he, he wrote a very nice but also abusive towards me uh, <laughs> comment, which is the, kind of the norm for these things. Um, but he can reach out. He knows who he is and if he wants to read it out. Yeah. Well, the, one one was very nice. The other one was nice to you guys and then abusive towards me. <laughs> Definitely not English guy living in America. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, another kind of callback. Now, this is a long time common callback. Do you just remember, well, Connor, you'll remember, 2020, the virtual dust-off? Yes. Do you remember yeah. that? And there was a whole thing. You had ordered the show t-shirts and stuff in advance and all this crack. And then Connor and Ronan had won prizes and stuff at it. The t-shirts never came. The prizes never came. It was like a running joke online. It was a run, And it wasn't just us. It was like... A load of people who had entered the show and, and ordered the stuff and it had never come. And at the start, it was like we were kind of chasing to say, when's it coming? And then after a while, it just got to where it was just funny. It was like, Haha, hmm. you know, they'll never, they'll never come. Um, well, lo and behold, the week, was it the week between Christmas and New Year? Yep. Parcel arrived. New England dust off t-shirts. Prizes for uh, Connor and Ronan. And some stickers. Did I listen to the podcast? Though? I'm maybe. I'm not sure. I, I know people who, who know them that do listen to the podcast. So at long last, um, two years, two yeah. years later. So Ronan, if you're listening, I have your prize and stuff. I will bring it down the next time I'm I'm down your neck of the woods. Do you know that old thing of like you know you don't have to tell me to do something every six months. I'll do it. Ah. You know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that was nice. It was a nice surprise. It a was. few stickers and stuff on it as well. It was pretty cool. cool. Um, so shout out to Blake and I can't remember the other fellow's name. Tom. Tom. Old man Tom. Thank you. Thank you guys. Um, that's it for new with us. Go into the news news. Yeah. Anybody want to kick it off or do you want me to? Or you kick go it off ahead. Well, the first one, I'm going all doom and gloom as always, you know, so, but it, this isn't really a doom and gloom. Well, it is, but it's a kind of informational thing as well. Um, I've said many times in this podcast before, I'm pretty sure I said it when we had Connor on the last one. 
we talked about like chassis notches can affect in the UK and how the government sees your vehicle and they have IVA which is like a test for heavily altered or radically altered vehicles or kit cars and or stuff. kit cars new builds that kind of thing it's like an MOT on steroids essentially so this cropped up on Facebook over forums and things like that where uh, a guy called Ed Keane had built a mini he had kind of done like a restoration resto mod where he'd upgraded like the Cooper S brakes and stuff but for all intents and purposes this thing looks like a mini it's not like a hot rod or anything like that but the major modification he made was that he converted it to EV uh, to do the conversion in the back of the car he drilled a hole in the boot floor to pass the cable through uh, it was picked up on and because he had altered the shell that uh, was what triggered this to go through IVA after having built the car a lot of people poo-pooed him online, said that he was talking shit, it wasn't real, he was telling lies, and I was like, well, like, if I can cut a, what, a three and a half inch hole in a chassis leg, you know, that's a lot more structural than someone drilling a hole yeah. in a boot floor. So, just making people aware that this does actually happen, um, I reached out to Ed, and he kindly gave us an interview, which we'll play in a few seconds here, but it's a bit of an eye-opener when you consider the things that we do to cars day-to-day is kind of the norm that these people and the government bodies look at it and go oh no 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 kind of thing yeah some fucking pencil pusher who sits at a desk probably doesn't even have a car because they live in central london or some shit fuck them well I'll tell you what we'll play it now okay hello hello Ed. Connor. how are you Hi, going mate. how are you not too bad did i detect a southern accent um yeah yeah, I was worried how you'd take that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, well, um, I appreciate all the sort of um, coverage I can get for this, to be honest. I know I, I'm a small fish in a big pond, but these guys are um, they're getting away with total shite at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, it's like I said to you too, it's like myself, Lee, my partner, she has old Volkswagens the same as I do, and Nigel, who also records with us, is the same way and they're all like range from pretty standard to heavily modified so it affects everyone you know it's it's one of those yeah. things well i don't want to be sort of a naysayer but um these guys if they turn up at a show with a camera and a chip on their shoulder they can, um, can have anyone and, and you know for years they've been trying to get the hot rodders and the racers and stuff they get away with uh, taking the car off the road because of a hole drilled in the boot in the superfluous part of it an old car then we're all buggered basically yeah that's it there is a petition about this that you can find if you uh, google uh, what's classic car rules or something like that yeah well I, I can link that in the show notes when the show goes out and people can get on it because as we say this does affect everyone so oh, that'd be cool it's uh it's something they've picked up it's been sort of hot and heavy all over social media this week about it, and your name cropped up in a Haggerty article. That's and I sort of done That's a bit of digging to try and find you and see would you speak to us. So there's a lot of naysayers, as you say. There's a lot of people I've seen on the forums, and it's kind of the thing of oh that'll not affect me, and you know it's I'd love to think like that, but also at the same time I go hmm this could hit close to home, so. Well, someone on the Min- Mark 1 Mini Forum uh, said, you know, ah, come on, you're getting it all out of perspective. Uh, there's no way that the DVL, the whole police are going to come and, and confiscate your uh, car registration. And I just replied, um, yeah, I used to think like that. Yeah, and it actually happened? 
but it did. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I was sort of like, well, this guy, this has happened to Ed, so, you know, who better to tell the story? So you, what you told me last night briefly was you're not an you're you're probably like ourselves and that you're an amateur car builder, but you're not new to this. You've built cars for years. Mm. What what type of cars were you building? I've built and sort of restored and modified all kinds. Uh, I, um, I'm sort of focusing on old ones now, but I've had an Ultima, I've had, uh, which we uh, did up and got, and that frightened me, so <laughs> we got rid of it too sweet. Um, my first one was a Cobra, but the best one, that, that was a, that was lovely, a, a small block June V8. Uh, Chevy nice. 363 and um, that was lovely but you needed to plan your route from petrol station to petrol station yeah I'm sure uh, that not not for UK or Ireland roads <laughs> yeah. but we've um, I've done a couple of bike uh, engine track cars which are fantastic Love oh that'd be fun it's not best on the road though uh, but this this Mini thing <laughs> to be honest I've, I've, I've uh, had loads of Minis over the years and uh, you know I can't help restore them because I'm a bit anal about, you know, oh, no, I can't hack that, and I've got to weld that up. And so I end up restoring the cars. It's almost involuntary, but this Mini came to, it was a lucky find. It was a, a bloke selling a 1960 bodywork and the whole car complete. Uh, but it was an 850 engine, which are a bit gutless. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I looked at, you know, special engines that I could put into it, and... Uh, you know, the sort of price range was going up and the budget was doubling. And um, I read an article about this guy, Nick Mason, who was a, who's now a friend of mine, who electrified his uh, Westfield Lotus 11 replica. Oh, interesting, yeah. And um, gave him a call because <laughs> for the weight and the size of a, a motor, uh, we decided to put into this mini, uh, it was only about 130 horsepower, but... Um, which is plenty for a mini, but it was like 250 pound foot of torque. So I thought I'd go with it. He, he runs a company called Eco Classics. And basically I built the, the mini up as standard, but with any improvement I could, uh, which was acceptable as contemporary uh, modifications, like disc brakes, because Cooper S's had disc brakes at that time. Yeah, wrestle mod improvement type stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was it was all it was all sort of standard stuff. Uh, yeah, and when he did his car, all he had to do was declare an engine change. Uh, he said, you know, I've, I've whipped out the petrol engine, I've put an electric motor, had a couple of questions, and and uh, Bob's your uncle. Unfortunately, uh, somehow during the time that we were doing the mini, they got a bit more anal about the whole thing because when I sent off the uh, paperwork, when I said to the DVL, I look, I've, I've done this, I've electrified a, a, a Mini, uh, and I know that you guys love that because it's in your mission statement and the <laughs> RAC are promoting it and blah, blah, blah. They sent me about 20 pages of questions, and uh, most of them were unanswerable because it was electric. They were saying, like, you have to tell us how many, uh, what is the cubic capacity of the uh, of what you're putting into the car. And I was saying, like, um, well, I can't because it's an electric motor, you know, you can't, I can't say it's a three-litre electric motor, because it isn't. Yeah, it's obviously a very outdated document. Anyway, they said, oh, well, if you can't answer that question, it's not, it's not for us, it's for the, uh, it's for the radically modified and kit car department. Fantastic. They put my file down to these, these guys, and um, they sent 
uh, an inspector out to inspect the car. And the guy was a petrol head, and he absolutely loved the car. He said he put photos of it in his office and all kinds of shit <laughs> afterwards. And um, he said to me, look, uh, I'm the representative of the DVLA. You'll have no problem with this. It's lovely work. Better than when it left the factory. And you'll be able to retain your uh, age plate. And uh, probably just the, the actual plate that you've got on it now, because in all honesty, this this is all bollocks. Yeah. And that was from the horse's mouth, so to speak, you know. And he left me his card. So I thought, great. But then about three weeks later, a letter came from this, um, I don't know what you call him, shit fuck wank, bastard <laughs> shit monkey amoeba brain, who desk-based twat in uh, the DVLA, saying uh, that uh, he looked at the report and he discovered that uh, I had drilled a hole in the boot of this uh, mini. God forbid. To be honest, uh, neither me nor Nick knew exactly which, what the hell he was talking about, because we, uh, we reused a couple of re the, the, the holes that were already there. It was a bloody 60-year-old car. But, yep. um, he insisted that we had drilled a hole in the boot, and as a result, that hole uh, is considered a major modification. And because it's so major, the car needs to go through a full IVA test. And if it passes the IVA test, it will be awarded a Q-plate. Um, but, the, you know, the thing to stress is that, that they did not find anything wrong with the electrification itself or yeah. the brakes or anything else like that. It was just that the, they reckon the, mod of the, 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 the monocoque slash chassis had been destroyed by me drilling a hole. And the hole, I, I think, the only holes we drilled were in the battery box underneath the, the floor of the Mini. So I don't know if you know Classic Mini, but it's like a box uh, riveted onto the uh, under, underside of the boot. And it's like a, well, it's literally a box-sized battery, uh, battery-sized box. And um, that's where the battery goes. So it's got, structurally speaking, yeah, yeah, anyone could tell you that uh, this has got no effect on the structure at all. Yeah. And if you actually got rid of it and put a plain sheet of metal over it, you'd, you'd make the structure damn sight stronger. Yeah, it's not like you were drilling into a chassis leg or anything like that. It's still, I mean, that's 101 sort of shit. But uh, he wasn't having any of it. He said the drill hole, what's the phrase was, means that it is not possible to confirm the structure is as per the manufacturer intended. You know, he can say anything he wants, but at the end of the day, there aren't any DVLA police, so uh, he got away with that. Yeah. But they took away the registration and uh, said it needs to get an IVA. But the reason I claim they killed the car is because it's a 1960 car. And have you ever put anything through an IVA or an SVA? Not personally, but I know people who have. It is... Um, it's rigorous. Like anal pencil pushers paradise. You know, the Cobra <laughs> I, I built, I had to build it to pass the SVA. You know, plastering, foam rubber everywhere. Yeah. Um, which um, somehow afterwards fell off and left leather underneath accidentally. God forbid. Nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but, you know, it was a 6.3 V8 in a, in a plastic car, but to make it safe, I had to put uh, plastic bolt head covers. Oh, yeah. Rounded ones on the uh, engine bay. Yeah. Which, you know, worked. 
this, this uh, is what but, I find amazing. So you're, you've been through the process. You're not a hack. You know, you know how to do the process. Well, you, this is the thing, and, and you know, it, it, it's actually worse than that. The guy I did it with used to be the global chief technical officer. This is Nick Mason, the guy who owns mm-hmm. Eco Classic. Global chief technical officer for Ford and oversaw the electrification of the transit, the electric transit for them. Um, and and like I said, I'm an engineer, but but this guy and and the uh, DVLA inspector loved it. But this pencil pusher bloke, um, he knew better than us. Uh, yeah, he just basically said, "Tough, it's it's gone." And it can't be changed. And I said, well, well, look, I'll weld up the hole. And he said, uh, I've got a couple of copies of emails and letters where he says, uh, don't care if you weld up the hole, it's too late. Any welding up of the hole would be subsequent to you drilling the hole. So I said, yeah, that, that's actually right, you know, because I can't figure out how to weld up the hole before I fucking drilled it, <laughs> you twat. Yeah, there's someone using big words that doesn't know what they mean. Oh, Jesus, mate. All right, dealing with so- that. These guys, I don't know, obviously Walter Mitty on speed or some shit. You know, it's just unbelievable. What I don't get is there's not a mini, especially a 60s mini, that hasn't been welded in the country. They've had sills, yeah. floor pans. So if you yeah, feel I an mean, MOT, you feel an MOT. I've, I've on a, put, sorry, go I've ahead. Put, I've put new sills, uh, yeah. new, uh, all kinds of, you know, and, and honestly, budget it. We used to weld up minis from the inside because of all oh. the crap on the outside. <laughs> I've been and, um, no stranger that to that sort of shit too. But um, no, this is um, oh, I don't know. Yeah. So you, Just, you you could have a rotten hole in your floor, weld it up, back to factory looking, and it's fine. But you drill a hole, yeah. and weld it up, and that's not fine. That's what I can't get my head around. I know, I know the name of this guy, but I, I, I I'm not allowed to. <laughs> not allowed to say. It, but <laughs> I, I can tell you that um, since I sort of started rocking the boat on this, because. I can't, honestly, I can't afford to just walk away. This car I put a, a lot of effort into. We, we we did, you know, 3D scans of the bonnet and the boot and everything to fit things in properly. We we planned it out. We put all of the sort of proper uh, electrical cutouts and, and uh, uh, safety whatnots in it. This this is not something that was planned in, in, in the shed, you know? Yeah. But unbelievably... This guy has said, no, mate, it's dangerous because you drill the hole in the What The other thing is, too, as I said at the start, it kind of affects everyone because this all comes from you're not allowed to mod- modify the monocoque. So, like, yeah. the drift guys yeah. will drill the, the quarter panels to fit you know, the plastic arches. That's putting them in the same position as you. The Ford Rally guys are putting four-link back ends in. Same thing. Yeah. You chassis yeah, no, nuts your Volkswagen. Uh, yeah, it, it, it defies all logic. It defies all um, you know normal thinking about things. It's just astounding what they're what they're doing. But um, since since I've done this and I've been trying to you know put the petition on, and because when I tried to appeal and, and so on, the guy dealing with the complaints was my case officer. So. You know, I was complaining and I was elevating the complaint and it was still going to him, <laughs> which yeah. is incredible. It's, and, it's and anyway, I tried to get this out there on, on, on a couple of forums and things that I'm on. And um, loads of people have contacted me, people in the industry who are uh, doing uh, conversions, people who are racers, rodders, all kinds of people, even a bloke who um, had a polo and he, he made it a flatbed. Um he got it. He got a new V5 for it, and we signed off. 
And then five years later, which is last year, uh, they came looking for him and said, uh, we've decided that you've drilled holes and, and, and you need a, an IVA. And uh, luckily, he could get that car through an IVA. Mm-hmm. But there was uh, a lot of other people, uh, Range Rovers, Minis, there was a Triumph Spitfire guy who was a very clever chap, and he had a full engineer's report done on his car to say it was safe and everything. But uh, this same person in kits and modified cars said, uh, no, 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 can't do that. Mate, you drilled the hole. Tough shit. So with a stroke um, of a pen, your car becomes a one-ton piece of art that you can't take on the road? Yeah, absolutely. One of the reasons I was so grateful for Hegarty's to, to do this article and yourself to, you know, ask me the questions is that when I tell people, oh, yeah, that car I was building, it's lovely, it's pretty, say, beautiful, so on, um, the DVL had taken it off the road because I drilled a hole in the boot, they quite simply do not believe me. No, because and, people have done much worse over the years or much more yeah, extreme quite. and got away with and, it. And, and people think, I oh, know you're an idiot or you're, uh, you're uh, retaining information or, you know, they call me liars, they call me all kinds of stuff, basically, because they think I'm, I'm just uh, <laughs> lying. And, um, okay, put it this way, right? There's a little story for you. Once upon a time, I had an invoice sent to me from the passport office. The guy had written a two-page note, put it in with this invoice, sent it to me first class, uh, with a first-class return envelope saying, you've got to pay this quick because we need to process it here. We've uh, sent you the envelope and you have to pay by check. And the invoice was for four pence. <laughs> and, and this shit is even weirder than that. You know, it's just like... Fucking hell, you know, there's a guy who is working in the DVLA, which, you know, is to do with cars and drivers and stuff, and he hates me enough and my car enough to insist he takes, I have to take the car off the road and, like you said, turn it into a very nice paperweight because I drilled a hole in the boot. Yeah. Um, And their mission statement says, oh, yeah, uh, uh, we're all for the environment. It's like, oh, bollocks. No, no, not at all. And it's incredible, though, that the guy who came out to inspect the car was obviously an enthusiast. He understood what you did. I actually, um, he left me his card. And he said, you know, if, if I can ever do anything, I'll help or whatever. So I called him and said, look, mate, um, he, that, he remembered the car. Instantly, mm-hmm. And then he told me about the photos in his office and stuff. And I said, look, did you actually say anything uh, terminal in your report? And he said, no, 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 it was a great report. And why? And I said, because they've, um, you know, they've confiscated the uh, registration number and taken it off the road. And he said, I'll fight the bastards every inch. Uh-huh. So, you know, what do you do? But unfortunately, you're fighting someone who's getting paid to fight you instead of their desk. You know, it's hard to do. Well, they, like I said, I think they hate cars. But <laughs> I, I, I know also the DVLA, a lot of the feedback that I've got from people have said that they've sort of the DVLA have sacked all the old school people who uh, actually got jobs because they liked cars and understood cars. They've all been laid off to keep costs down. And now uh, it's all these young whippersnappers <laughs> who, uh, who you know, just want the money. And, and come, come and buy the book. If they can't the right box, then, um, then that's it. Yeah. And the problem with the box ticking exercise is that they, uh, they try to convince me that uh, 
1960 Mini as a kit car, and therefore a hole has uh, destroyed the chassis, and therefore it's it's off the road. That's incredible. <laughs> anyway, since this has happened, these guys just changed my outlook on the ro- whole world. You know, yeah. I, can't. I, I, I mean, I'd love to. I've got the petition going and all of that, but uh, I'd much prefer to just petrol bomb the fuckers. <laughs> you know? That's not our strategy coming out now. <laughs> yeah. Well. Jesus. As I say, we'll definitely share the petition for you because it is something that's important. And I really do appreciate you coming on and spending your time to share it with us. Not, because Not at all, Miss you, mate. No, no worries at all. Um, one thing I'd just like to, to stress is that once they got me on this, the major thing is that they won't let me weld it up. They've said even if I uh, revert the car back to how it was completely before, and, and, and that was one of the criteria for the conversion that, that it would be 100% reversible. They said even if I completely reverse it back and weld up the holes, that's it. It's too late. They're not going to give me the registration back. One simple wrong move and that's it. Well, no, as I say, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. No worries. And I listened to uh, quite a few of your uh, blogs. Uh, quite laid back. I've enjoyed it. So thank you very much. Don't be too hard on us. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, on the, um, I don't know, if, if you can spread the word, that'd be brilliant. Anyone you can tell, that'd be brilliant. But, you know, it, it is for everyone. It's not just for weirdos who uh, like destroying classic cars by putting battery-powered motors in them. Um, anyone who falls, who the, who, who the DVLA don't like for one reason or another, then um, I think it's got implications for you, to be honest. Yep. No, you're right there. Um. So I'm trying to get them to do new rules and not get away with twisting old kick-out rules and applying them to any situation they want. And that's what they're doing at the moment. It's, it's old kick-out rules that have been around for 20-odd years and uh, twisted and applied to people like me. Yeah, and um, that's it. And that is what, that's what the petition is. It, it, it's, it's, um, yeah, you're, you're I, not, you don't want no rules. You want fair rules. I just want clarification, you know, yeah. if, if I thought I was uh, ticking the boxes and, and doing what they wanted when I was building the car, and it was only afterwards they said, nope, no thanks, we've mate. discovered a drilled hole. But there we are. As I say, thank you for coming on. Unfortunately, it's not in better circumstances. Keep up the good fight and the good work. Well, indeed, you too. Thank you. Nice one. Take care, buddy. Lee, just before we played that, you said there are some pencil pusher. I think that was the exact words that Ed <laughs> used, used there. Um, he says it's a pencil pusher's paradise. <laughs> he made a very good point to this new wave of employees. The old guys are gone. The new ones that are coming in, they've been given a book. Yeah. These are your guidelines. Do not deviate. Yeah. That's what I can imagine. It's being worked now. When I there's, work- no leave, there's no give. That's the rules. Black and white. When I worked in construction, we found that too. A lot of the young blood coming through, there was like... It's like everything, there's the rules and then there's how something works that isn't exactly by the book, but it's not dangerous, you know. And you made a very good point at the end, like replacing cells, that mean you've... That's what I can't get my head around. No, that's a very good point. And the fact that when he modified it, so the hole he drilled, he offered to weld up, much like if you had a hole in your floor, you weld it up. You're on the floor, you need to repair it. And they won't do it, so it sounds a bit like... He has made a fuss and the guy has just taken umbrance against him. Yeah. And when he tried to raise it as an issue with their ombudsman, it turned out it went to his caseworker. It wouldn't surprise me if the fella 
and he just likes a bit of power and goes, I'll show him. Ah, yeah. Well, that's it. And it's unfortunate you run into people like that, but that's what happened to oh, Ed. they're everywhere. You go to different workplaces and they're... They're all over the place. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much to Ed for coming on, spending a bit of time with us, and yeah. we've, we've gained a new listener from it, which is quite good. Oh, good. <laughs> so, that's good. Um, next up, news-wise, I only have the one this week, which is release date has been announced for the next series of Drive to Survive. Oh, exciting! Uh, so it's twenty fourth of February on Netflix. Um, have you noticed that Mister Verstappen makes an appearance? I thought he wasn't. He's oh, in the trailer. Okay. So um, he has apparently agreed to be interviewed for some segments after all to try and have a greater say in how he is portrayed. Because he had said for the last couple of years he wasn't doing it because it was all made up stories and mm. blah, blah, blah. So he, had just, he hadn't been on it. But now he's back. So it'll be good to he, see. Is that because he won? <laughs> <laughs> I got my way. Yep. I'll talk. But yeah, looking forward to that. It'll be interesting to see how they portray him with the whole Checo thing as well you know with not letting him back past and that sort of shit like yeah. it's yeah. how's he going to talk his way out of that one but here that's as we've said before it's informative but it's also entertainment at the end of the day you know it's yeah. you take a lot of other pinch of salt and how they are portrayed but it'll make for a good watch before the new season yeah definitely my end I have a bit of uh, good and bad show news the bad news first of all edition third Edition third, edition thirty-eight fiasco continues. So a once absolutely fantastic show seems to be a staple of your chaos. Show yeah, I think there was a bit of controversy coming out of the lockdowns and the last minute cancelled the show yeah. last year, the year before. La- no, it was the year before because last year they had it. All right, September passed, they had it, and there's very poor attendance. Yeah, I think a lot of people got very upset that they cancelled it last minute. And people at hotels booked, and I think it was the th- was it like the th- the week before the show, they cancelled. Yeah, there's listeners of ours that that actually happened yeah. to. Yeah, so I'll just read out the statement from uh, official edition thirty eight. We have now made the difficult decision not to go ahead with this year's edition thirty eight main weekend event this coming September. This has no effect regarding it. Early edition, due to a huge increase in residential development around the venue that we have used for over 20 years, environmental restrictions have it made, made it more and more difficult for us to deliver the Edition 38 Show and Shine event that we all know and love. We have been working hard to find availability of alternative venues, but this has proven incredibly difficult in what is already a packed show season. We have decided, therefore, that it is now time for us to make some major changes. I look forward to something bigger and better in September 24. As good as we are to be missing you all at this year's main event, we are super excited to be starting on a new adventure and a new location for next year. Watch this space for announcement updates. We are delighted, however, to be bringing you an early, early edition show at Cywell uh, Airdome on the 7th of May. Um, just gives a few details about it there. Um, the early edition promised to be a great event with a few new surprises thrown in. We look forward to seeing you there in May, but in the meantime, keep an eye out for all Edition 30 updates. And the comment section below that on the release it's is chaos. interesting. Aye, yeah. At least the good thing is that they've done it well in advance this time. Yeah, well, I there mean, is that. There's something to be said for that. I mean, I feel sorry for them. For something that was a powerhouse of a show. Yeah. It's just kind of, in the last couple of years, It is tanked. a real pity. My favourite thing about Edition was always the auto jumble. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's something that's sorely missing at every other show. Mm-hmm. And I would love for, I don't know which show it is, but some show that... I think it was a guy to have s- that. I think it was a guy at Eurotraffin selling a bit of a jumble, wasn't it? Was there? I think there was. Uh. I, I, well, Eurotraffin, as on the stage, I see nothing. Yeah. Or not Eurotraffin. Uh, Dodge Your- Collective, sorry. Oh. 
didn't know that. I think it was a bit open and a few bits. That whole day was a blur to me. (laughs) So good, though. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, the only other show I think I've been to that had that was VW Days. Was class. It was fantastic, yeah. TT International back 20 years ago. That's scary to say that out loud. Um, (laughs) Their old jumble was just epic. It's because, well, especially back in those days, you didn't have your Facebook marketplace. That was was the place to sell, yeah. It's such a pity now, like, but there's nothing I love. And there is things that's like, I wouldn't go on to Facebook Marketplace to randomly look through and, you know, find something. See what but you came across. You get an order jumble and you're like, oh, what's this? And then you get the actual, yeah. like, haggling with someone. It's, it's good fun. Well, uh, what do you call the show down? Oh, Ross Trevor. What do you call it? Oh, Kilbrony. Kilbrony. It's quite good auto jumble there now. I've never been to Kilbrony. That I was refused, shocking. I refuse to go because it's just like, it's such a shit show to get into, you know, queuing up to get in. Not, no, if you get there for nine o'clock, it's fine. Ah, uh, nine o'clock. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what have we got? What else have I got then? I've just a little piece and it's there's not much on it at the minute really, but it was quite cool to see the Americans are trying to push into F1. So the, the Andretti team have teamed up with Cadillac and GM as a manufacturer backer to try and get in. There has been a bit of a pushback. Um the other manufacturers aren't happy with this, or the other teams, because they'll have to split the pies money and that kind of thing. Now, I think what they're doing is they're trying to, they know they'll get in. They're most likely to get in, you know, yeah. it's the whole thing's run by Americans at the minute, essentially. <laughs> but they're trying to hold them out for as long as possible, because they're not going to start development if they know they're not going to get into the series. So if you can push them out closer and closer to the cutoff date, they have less development time. I think there's a wee bit of that going on. Mm-hmm. But apparently uh, Alpine and McLaren are big for it. Like they're trying to help them into the sport and the other teams are kind of pushing away. I think it can only be a good thing. Yeah, more competition. Absolutely. If you can get someone in there that's like a, even if you have like a top, you know, mid-league table that's kind of up a bit to a top league, like that's that's going to be really, really good to watch. Because at the minute you have, what, it's two horse race essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Which is boring. Remember last season with us, Ferraris were going to clean up. <laughs> yeah, I think Ferrari thought they were going to yeah. clean up as well. <laughs> How the tide turned. Yeah. <laughs> and then, obviously, they've got rid of Bonato as well now, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Oh, there's been a, loads of chopping and changing this yeah. last month or two. But will that make a difference? Because I don't think it was him. Like, no. The man's been there a lifetime, you know. He didn't just suddenly start making bad decisions And this year. It's the same as I always say about like Premier League football. Every time they have a the team has a bad spell to sack the manager and someone has to go. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Doesn't really make sense. Yeah. You any other news? I suppose like we, we just missed it um because of the dates we're recording stuff. Uh, we'll have to mention the passing of Ken Block and a tragic snow uh boarding. Not snowboarding, snow, snowmobile snowmobile accident. Uh, yeah second of January. Uh, so he died at age fifty five. Um out uh, on a snowmobile doing a bit of Having a bit of fun, basically. With the family, yeah. And tragically, an absolute icon of automotive culture, motorsport. And drove cult- automotive culture, yeah. you know. It's like we've joked about before, look at how many fiestas you see with Hoonigan stickers, you know, and it's yeah. like Ford got Ken Block on to sell cars. and By hell he did. He did, he did indeed, yeah. He had a massive influence. He And I've always said, like, he wasn't the most spectacular driver, as in 
winning, but he was definitely a spectacular driver as in display. You yeah. know, when you see him all awesome up, look. that was his thing was just constant flat out. I see Scotto was sharing stories on Instagram. Yeah. So he's doing this thing. It's like, obviously he's number 43. So he's like one out of 43, two out of 43 and a picture with a story behind it. And they're very, very interesting. Yeah. Have you seen the FIA have retired the number 43 for this season to say as a, you know, mark of respect? Mm-hmm. I did see there was talk of that of, um come what the series was, of bringing that, keeping the 43 on, but as a development so, like, for kids to come through when they're new into the sport, okay. they can start in 43 and as a mark of respect for young blood coming mm. into it. There's so many different things you could do, but yeah. very, very sad to see. You know, I, th- I think his legacy was the Hoonigan, uh, or the Jim Canna Hoonigan. Yeah, because he totally changed that. You yeah. know, remember Top Gear back in the day when he, was it James May took out? Yeah. And scared the shit out of him. And then, and then he talked Matt Matt LeBlanc through the middle of London. That's right, yeah. And... When you look at the early days of Jim Cannon versus what they're doing at the very end, it's just leaps yeah. and bounds that come on. You know, it's he it, it wasn't stagnant. You know, it was constant push, push, push. Yeah. So, yeah, RIP, a, a massive loss to the car community. Absolutely. I think a quote to sort of finish that was, uh, I think it was DC Shoes. There was a short clip of a video and he basically, have you any advice or something like that there for people? And he basically said, be creative, live a fun life and don't be an asshole. Well, just on that point, there was an asshole. Lee, I was telling you this, remember? Um, obviously, you know, you'll oh, get the... I don't know what you're going to say. The, I was looking at you blankly there and then I'm like, oh, I remember. You'll get the internet edgelords that come out and go, who fucking block, you know, this kind of thing. There was, I seen basically none of that. You know, it was mm-hmm. all like very positive posts except for one guy and he got trailed across the internet. They dug up stuff, like the internet went to town on him. They dug up that his, he had lost custody of his daughter and all, and just plastered all his What was he saying about Ken? Just that he, uh, what was he, like people called him a hero and he was a loser and like, you know, why, right. why you're idolizing these people and all. And the internet done what the internet just does best and just fucking destroyed his life. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh well, keep your mouth shut. I was talking to somebody there and... I knew it was coming, but you know the Paul Walker cruises. Well, there was a Ken oh, Block cruise yeah. at the outlet. Did you hear it? it was absolute chaos. I heard about it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I think there's a few don't, meme- don't call it turn him into Ken, our Paul Walker. I think there's a few memes going around of basically Fiesta STs doing crackle bangs. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. No, no. When you consider what that man drove, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sad times for the car community. Yeah. And there's a, just a tie-in with YouTube, the, the Driver61, the YouTube channel. He done, a, I think, an eight or nine-minute tribute video, very interesting video, if you want to know a bit about, about Ken and his legacy. Ah, interesting. Well, just Check before we go into YouTube's, um, should we take a wee second to talk about our sponsor, Studio 10? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's he been up to recently? Practicing driving simulators, because I was out and the lad's day out yesterday and he's very good at it ah so don't challenge him to uh vr racing or <laughs> so simple hands he's good <laughs> we suspect he was practicing quite a lot <laughs> hope not on company time <laughs> he said some nice stuff and did you see the i don't know what the actual name of the color is but is it, it the, green BMW? the green bmw oh my god oh yeah. my god yeah stunning no i will say and absolute credit to the man did you see the interior of the car that he had in before the green bm i can't remember what mats. it was he put the before and after of the mats it looked like someone dried a dog with them they were that's a regular customer knitted 
with dog hair and I remember thinking do you know what I would burn those as a detailer I would burn those and buy new but so like, satisfying to see the change oh no doubt yeah and a lot of people look at that interior and go oh that's ruined yeah and it's like and Robin just that's the challenge you know and he steps up to it every time but that interior and it wasn't just the mats it was the boot floor and I'm just like no so <laughs> he's a braver man than I am yeah have you ever seen where he does he did it with my cars when I had them in when he does the interior and he puts up the picture of the bucket of the dirt that comes out of the seats. Yeah, the leather. Oh yeah. my God, it's disgusting. Yeah, it is. That's all your farts. It is. <laughs> yep, you're shortening Robin's life. Uh, yeah, so the man is an absolute wizard, as I say, fair play to him because that interior work. And For he, some reason, I was sitting thinking about a dream catcher thing, you know, he put up. <laughs> Robin's a professional fart catcher. That's him. <laughs> but it's like, most of what you see is all the exterior stuff and that really stood out to me was the oh, interior uh, one yeah. I was just yeah. like mate that is incredible and it's so hard to show the difference you know when you have swirls and paint and stuff it's very easy to go you can see it there's yeah. that but there was a clear difference that in was this. an extreme example yeah so uh, as we've said many times in the past if you need any uh, detailing ceramic coatings uh, or as we've just discussed uh, interior valeting done Robin is your guy hit him up at Studio 10 Detailing check out his Foundation Pro course if you want to learn um, how to do the, some of the detailing and stuff yourself an investment in your in yourself and your own skills yeah also an investment in the work that he's done for you you can keep on top of it yeah um, YouTube's then anybody? Nigel? got a few yeah uh, the first one is the Top Gear YouTube channel uh, it came up on my feed. It was basically a comparison of... So the R8 is season production this year. and the Totally? Hmm? Totally? Like no more of yep. them? Oh. So they started producing it in 2006, I think it was. So that has been a 17-year run. Also scary. Do you believe the R8s are 17 That's mad, isn't it? So they basically to do sort of a tribute was they had the press car from 08. The original one? Which has been bought back by Audi and the uh, done a mechanical restoration okay, yeah. on it. So they have all new bushings and all the rest of it and done a light restoration in the interior, but they're still wear there. So um, they were just comparing the old R8 versus the new one. And uh, so check it out. It uh, It's an interesting video, sort of the goods and bads. And you'd think uh, the new one, it's, it'll it'll be fantastic and all the rest of it and it certainly is but still 17 years ago Audi nailed it I think that was a lot of the problem they were a very cheap accessible supercar at the time and then the you know the price grew and grew as they went on but a lot of people say that they're nearly too good and that was what you're saying about that original one is so good you yeah. know they're nearly too good as in like you could daily drive it and not be wowed by it every day you know that it's that thing of like it doesn't want to kill you at every corner. Yeah. You know, it's so controlled that it's nearly too tame. But Audi have a, a history it's in of their DNA of just control. Yeah, yeah. For them Germans. Um, no, it's a, it's a good video and uh, check it out. Um, the first one I have then is going back in time slightly and just off the back of Ken Block's death, we kind of went down a bit of a uh, rabbit hole. Have you watched the Jim Cana files on Amazon? Uh, I think I've watched, watched the first episode. Really, really good. It is so, really good. Um, it's something I had on my list for a long time to watch, just never got around to it, and I thought there was no better time. It is nine or ten episodes, roughly about half an hour each, that covers them recording behind the scenes of Jim Canna 10 and the Climb Canna on uh, Pikes Peak. Very, very good. Shows 
a lot of like behind the scenes and what Ken was doing. Like he wasn't just the driver. You know, you can kind of look and go, well, Scott was the brains, he's the driver. Very much a very different way of looking at it. Yeah. The man's a genius and sort of went from, he took his, well, he actually said this, he says a lot of drivers are just drivers. So you come up to do an interview at the end and it's the same mechanical process or they don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Where he flipped up and he was like, he didn't want to be negative. He didn't want to come out and say, oh, this went wrong, this went wrong. He and says he, it always sounds like complaining because if you haven't won, you have to blame something. So you have to say, oh, I had this issue, mechanical issue, you know, the weather, the whatever. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to come out and just be like, this was the problem, but I had such a good time here, you know, and yeah. you can see that in it, which is, it's really, really cool. He obviously had a very good business brain, obviously he built up DC, um, and he transferred those skills into rallying too. And you kind of forget how old he was, like, you know, he's competing against these guys in their 20s, and he's in his 50s, you know, and he's holding his own there. Yeah. And he said too, was that he would love to know what it how good he could have been if he had started at a younger age but yeah. he never knows he just has to deal with what he has kind of thing but uh, yeah Jim Canna files on Amazon really do check that out it's such a good 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 show uh, another YouTube recommendation I don't know if I've mentioned before the Adam Smith channel it's a Ford uh, related channel don't think so yeah it's, it's a he's north of England Leeds or something I forget where he is to be honest with you um, but he has a great channel and it's specialising Fords and modified Fords, like older Fords, not you know, uh-huh. Sapphire Cosworth, uh, Starbucks, that kind of stuff. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. The it must have come up in my suggestion because when I went in, I hadn't subscribed to the channel, so maybe I haven't mentioned it before. But he went to uh, Paul Linford racing um, in the north of England, and it's just like kids' sweet shop of Group A, Sierra oh, Cosworth yes. class. You're just he's showing you around all these cars, Group A this, blah, 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 blah. How can you beat that? Just mega cars. And Linford do these full restoration stuff. It's just amazing to watch it going around. Uh, check that video out first to sort of break in. Uh, but he then he has further videos going into each individual car and some amazing, amazing motorsport history in there. It's nice that there's people and companies around the country that will open, open their doors to show that kind of thing for us. Yeah. Good channel, check it out. Um, my next one then, Late Break Show, we've talked before. Yeah. Johnny Smith. Do you see uh, a listener on it? Adrian McGrillen. Yeah. So, local man with a mad collection of voxels. Uh, um, you have the Novas, you have the Corsa, you have the Death Shelf. Did you notice the Death Shelf? Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of comments on that, it was quite funny. The 405, but the star for me is the Ascona 400 rep. Oh. Class. It's so nice. They're so cool. Um, I knew Johnny Smith was over because I listened to their podcast, but I didn't realize that's who he was going to. And it was really cool because I looked at it and I was like, oh, there's a very local man. It's like 10 miles away. So yeah, shout out to Adrian. Spoke very well on it. Yeah. The collection that he and his dad have are so, so cool. But just his knowledge and stuff. Like he's helped me out with stuff over the oh, years yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Really good had, guy. Had those cars at Dubshed as well. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Lee? Shall I go then? I, I never have YouTube, so this is a bit Same of a... Same time. Yeah. Calling you out there and you have one. Um, as you know, uh, I like the Dakar Rally, and the Dakar Rally has been ongoing for the last two weeks. It mm-hmm. actually finished today, and I was hoping that the final results would be in before we recorded, and they were. Um, but I've been watching the coverage over the last couple of weeks. I mean, 
if you want, go back and listen, if you haven't already, to the Dakar episode that we did, um, where we dive in deep. But some of the stuff I'll touch on here, obviously, I mentioned in the in that episode as well. Coverage that I've been watching is the Aramco YouTube coverage. So they do like a daily highlight, only like 10 or 12 minutes at the end of each day, given the kind of what's happened that day in the in the rally and uh, also the Red Bull channel coverage. The only thing about those two channels is they only really show kind of the top competitors and, and the factory teams and stuff. What they don't show so much, they touch on it briefly here and there, but it's like the privateer teams and the classic Dakar, which is also all happening at the same time. You where don't, the, where the don't see it so much. Is. Yeah. Um, there are bits and pieces where they do touch on it, but uh, that's some of the, the stuff that I'd be more interested to see. Um, although I have been enjoying the watching the top teams and stuff as well. So many legends, legendary names and stuff in it. Uh, Sebastian Loeb, Carlos Sainz Sr. Um, like we were laughing, like our Nigel, because like again, you kind of forget we grew up watching those guys, you know, rallying back in the WRC and you forget how old they are and they're out in the desert. Like, Carlos Senior's what? 60. 60. Um, there's footage, there's a clip from this year's Dakar. It's unbelievable. If if you watch nothing else, just watch this clip. It's him in the Audi Q-Tron thing, the electric thing, and he is literally going sideways along a sand dune, like this angle across the face of a sand dune. If you Google it's mental. Carlos Sainz's wall ride it'll come up it is absolutely nuts um he had a bit of an off as well he rolled he had a couple the audis were basically out of contention after a few days because they had a couple of bad days where they had punctures and things so they were never going to be in in the winning but then stefan the name that i can't pronounce peter hansel <laughs> peter Ansel, um who's the all-time Dakar record holder. He's won it 14 times, eight times on a bike, six times in a car. Um, He crashed out after about the fourth or fifth day, I think. Then Carlos Sainz and he and Carlos Sainz both crashed at the same place at Mm -hmm. one stage. Peter Hansel was out. Sainz went on and did the next day, had another crash, was airlifted to hospital and then halfway there in the helicopter told the pilot to turn around he wanted to go back <laughs> and he, he went back to continue <laughs> and he went on. back to continue but unfortunately he did have to finally retire because the car was too badly damaged after the crash even though he was willing and, and wanted to yeah. go on one of the bike riders came in at one point and he says uh yeah i broke my shoulder a few hours ago and i had to just ride on as you do yeah there was a guy on mad. the bike on one of those uh the privateer kind of unsupported ones that the bikes do and uh, his tire came off on one of the stages, his back tire. Uh, he rode on for a further 100 kilometres on the rim. <laughs> Through sand dunes. I don't know how he got any traction. I don't yeah, know. When that's sure. your driving wheel. Yeah. He said he cable tied whatever was left of the tire back on and just went <laughs> for it. Lip. And then when he got to the fuel stop, there was another biker there who his engine had quit. So he was out and he gave him his wheel really? so that he could go on ahead and that's one of the things and i mentioned this in in the the long episode as well about how much everybody helps each other out yeah like it's really good real sportsmanship where if somebody crashes people stop help them you see the big trucks and stuff they'll stop if somebody's got stuck to pull them out and stuff mm-hmm. it's so really it's good so, so sort of like the drifting scene there that's what i was about to say the drift scenes very like that as well yeah. um the bikes has been like a really close run fight this year between Basically, three riders right at the top: Skylar House, Toby Price, and K 
Kevin Benavides um, and it came down like after some of the stages, after some of the days, there were th- three seconds separating the competitors and stuff on the bikes. Like, I haven't ridden thousands of kilometers. <laughs> yeah, mad. Um, so final results was, today was uh, Kevin Benavides first, uh, Toby Price second, and Skyler Howes actually dropped about a minute, um, and he was third. But he has he had been first for he led the about whole thing six days. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, really really good. As I say, the Aramco coverage. I showed a bit of it to you and Stefan the other night. Um, the guy who does the Aramco coverage, dad I'm jokes. I'm going to find him and cut his throat. <laughs> Connor doesn't like him. He does the entire coverage in rhyme. No, he doesn't do the entire thing. He, he may did as well. one episode. He's a poet and doesn't know it. Pretty much shit like that, yeah. <laughs> but he does some puns and the dad jokes and stuff. Some of them are very funny. Some of them are absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, some like samples when he's talking about Skylar House, he's like, "Oh, the sky's the limit." Oh, <laughs> or yeah. there's a party at Skylar's house. <laughs> yeah, just watch it with the mute. It's all good. It's cringe, <laughs> but it's a. I don't some understand. of the footage of the of the ride from the helicopter the driving, shots yeah. and stuff. And one final thing to mention about this year's Dakar, it's been really weird because um, on days like three, four, and five, there was really heavy rain and flooding like flash mm-hmm. floods and you think you're in saudi you're in the desert what's going on this footage of the, these huge lightning storms and stuff and then these what are dry riverbeds just becoming a river Forever. so yeah really good um check it out if you haven't and uh, i'll be watching again next year obviously yeah no it's very very good nigel my final one is Hegarty, a channel that I've really grown to love recently. The quality and the content has been fantastic. One that caught me recently was the, uh, I forget the name of the journalist, but it was basically doing a comparison between the new Mark 8 GTI and how it's not as good as the old Mark 7, uh-huh. 0.5. So it's basically, I think it's a 50-minute video, and he sort of goes around the Mark 8 so essentially the Mark 8 is Mark 7.5 underneath, mm-hmm. more or less. And the accountants got to work much the same way with the Mark 5 and Mark 6. Do you remember when the Mark 6 came out? It was the, per, it was the, it was the yeah, Mark the 5 version. with budget cuts. So it's essentially a Mark 7, but then he goes into the interior. He says, first of all, you've got the styling. So it's controversial, obviously. Not, not a lot of people are a fan of the new Mark 8 style. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into the interior, which is all haptic touch. Yeah, I don't like that. And it's really hard to navigate, really hard to get used to. It's distracting. And he talks about how other manufacturers came out, went down the haptic group, and then stuck the car in reverse and went, no, let's go back to yeah, proper physical awful. days. Let's not do and that. Funny, we talked about that a few episodes ago that Volkswagen are starting to reverse that now. Yeah. Um, he was talking about how some of the plastics are feeling crap. Um, he, the one thing that sort of stuck out for me he opened the engine bay and the engine cover now doesn't say Volkswagen Audi yeah it's, just it's a universal cover so it's interchangeable through the whole fleet yeah uh, I don't like that it's another cost saving exercise yeah but just he summarises basically that form should always follow function make it work before you think yeah about what, you're what it's going to look like you know except you're doing engine bays yeah <laughs> <laughs> so less is more and it could be a major blow because potentially that could be the last internal combustion engine Gulf. Yeah, that yeah, what should have been going out on a highlight sort of thing. Yeah, because they've just announced, I think, the E Golf in 
right? You know, the ID and all that. Ah, yeah. Well, a full electric Golf. Mm, uh, interesting. GTI or whatever it is. I heard rumors of that. Even end though I'm hybrid. pretty sure they said like a year or two ago, the Golf will always be a petrol. It's always been our flagship and we're not going to do never, that. Yeah. And we were, even at the time, I think we were like, well, that's lies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what's coming. Uh, my last one then, uh, Nigel, you've mentioned this guy before and I'll just touch on it briefly. It was sent in by Chris Moran, was TR Hamza. He is throwing a TTRS five cylinder into a caddy van. Have you seen this? Uh-huh. So what's the first episode? The speed they're doing it with is just nuts. Like, well, see to be honest with you, see conversions on near caddy vans. It's fuse box for fuse box forward, plug and play essentially. Okay, right. So it's, it's just in there's, and a, there's a guy. There's a guy about five miles from my house, and for the last three years, he's been doing caddy conversions. Just and it's basically. Fuse box forward, take that out of a Cupra, plunk. Where you go. There you go. But then you have the problem that it's, uh, here are leaf springs in the rear, so good luck in the corners. Aye, uh, yeah. You had an old, uh, older caddy van with a VR6, VR6 on it, probably something somewhere. Yep. Absolute death trap. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. It's interesting to see how interchangeable everything is. And that's, Chris is a BMW guy and he was asking me the questions was, how are they doing this? How are they doing this? And I was like, yeah, most of that stuff is very interchangeable. You know, yeah. it might everything might not be 100% plug and play, but it's not a million miles away from it. Like, a, from what I can gather from the guys doing the Cali conversions, like, it's not like conversion old where you have to weld this mount in and blah, blah, blah. It's all modular. Yeah. Yep. Something good from modern cars, I suppose. Mm-hmm. That's me for YouTube. That's me. Cool. We'll move on then to our special surprise segment. You ready? I'm nervous. Ready. <laughs> so, guys, I need you to have a pen and paper, please. Okay. No. Okay. So, I got inspiration for this. Uh, I was watching something Connor and I watch kind of over Christmas every year. Uh, Big Fat Quiz of the Year. All right. On Channel 4. Um, so, I thought I would do the reload quiz of 2022. Oh, you're going to make a deck out of me here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Just to see how much you've been paying attention. So, listeners, you can play along at home. Uh, so I want you guys to write down your answers. Oh, cheaper thing I'm getting bars. Big and then I'll give you the here. scores at the end. So, question number one: Our first guest of 2022, back in January, on episode 53, was Robin McGrath, who's an F1 engineer. Yep. Can you remember the names of all the F1 teams that he has worked for? One point for each. I have to cover my page here from Nigel. Am I? <laughs> um, I'm good. Okay. Question two. On episode 60 in April, we, Connor and I, actually interviewed Nigel and Gethin right. uh, of GTI and I about the history of Dubshed. Can you remember what year the raffle car was a blue Audi TT? Oh, no. I remember the car. <laughs> I'm going to take a guess. Nigel. <laughs> I'm split between two years. <laughs> <laughs> You guys can't see this, but the boys are like covering their answers like you used to do in school. Yep. <laughs> miss, well, miss, he's cheating. <laughs> also yes. on the same episode, can you remember which fictional journalist Gethin said our listener John Bill resembles? Journalist? Yeah. Is he a journalist? Oh, I suppose he yeah, technically is, yeah. yeah. Who did Gethin say John Bill looks like? Forget journalist, just who do you insult him with? <laughs> Is that question three, by the way? That was question three. Okay. Question four. Uh, also in May, on episode 62, we interviewed Paul Glennon of MLVW at their show in Culbegan. But what was the name of the show? Okay. 
Can I also bring up that he berated me for saying for calling his partner his wife, and he was like, "I'll never marry her." No, they're getting married. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Paul. <laughs> Is there points for spelling that, Julia? Uh, if no. it comes down to a draw, possibly. <laughs> then I'll spell it correctly. Um, I've probably spelled it wrong. I've said that. My spelling's atrocious. Uh, also from that episode, what is the name of the garage in Dublin that Paul's father owns and where he works? And a clue is we mentioned it again quite recently when they did some work on my superb. I have a great discount code. And we as offered well. a very legit discount code. Yes, I think it's still running thirty percent off, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you remember the name of it, folks, get around them. Uh, question number six, episode sixty-five was titled "Fast Facts." Uh, where Nigel gave us some facts about the Fast and the Furious. Should I better know these, then? <laughs> You're at the advantage here. Well, this is not related to... Right, uh, okay. In the news segment, we talked about oh, no. a single-seater fan car that had set a new hill climb record in the shootout at Goodwood Festival of Speed. What was the name of the car? I can remember the brand. You might get half a point for that, oh, then. Oh, God. <sighs> it's a real English name, isn't it? No. Kinda. It broke the record. It did, yeah. yeah. It was the wee Goodwood. fan car, do you remember it? Aye, the fan. Looks mm. like the Batmobile. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Question six. Or sorry, that was question six. Question seven. What was unique about the parking layout at the Eurotreffin show until in July and how was it achieved? You can tell I'm taking this very serious because dead air is not good, but no. I'm like, fuck it, I want to win this. <laughs> Don't worry, you're going to win it, no problem. <laughs> Question eight. What item of PPE did we discover you should wear when using a wire wheel attachment on episode 67? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a rough one. Yep. We'll explain when we go through the answers. <laughs> Our listeners are great people. Oversurers. Question nine. Who won the 2022 Brazilian Grand Prix? Oh, <laughs> I don't have a description. <laughs> Extra point if you get him his full name. Schneisel Mansell. <laughs> there we go. Question 10. In episode 70, we were over in Scotland for Cleanfest, and our guest Terry Quinn told us about her Del Sol, which was a lockdown project. Can you remember which other car her spoiler came from? Yes. Oh, I've lost. My ugly competitive streak is coming out here. <laughs> Question 11. Also on the trip to Cleanfest, uh, we had our most recent guest, Connor Old, joined us for the, the road trip in his lovely 34 BMW. Can you remember what prize he picked up at that show? I don't think this is right, but I'll try it. Yep. And the final question. This is a sum. Oh, no. So you, you do it, do it as you go along, not... Like in brackets, if you understand the what I mean. The proper way to do it, you mean? Yeah, yeah. no, do it each each time, oh each number, right? So today's episode number minus the number of our car club shed okay. that number. Multiply by Connor's favorite mark of golf. Okay. Add Ken Block's racing number minus... The number of our sponsor, Studio. Yeah. Minus Lewis Hamilton's racing number. Oh. Now you're throwing me. And finally, add the number of cylinders in Nigel's Corrado. Add? Add. 
Oh God, you've threw me here with this. Well, I got that wrong because I don't know Hamlin's number. That's yeah, I don't know it either. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess. Uh, okay, so okay, okay. Can you swap answers, please? I want you to mark each other. <laughs> no, I can't cheat. <laughs> I was going to win that by cheating. <laughs> so we'll go through the answers then. Ah, so you started with an AM. Robin McGrath, which um, teams he had worked for. Ah, balls. Call them out. So Lotus, yep. Red Bull, and Alpine. Ah, okay. Um, the blue TT was in 2015. Oh. That was the raffle car. Well, did I write 14? Yeah. You wrote 14 as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Who did Gethin say John Bill looks like? Borat. Borat. <laughs> What I don't is... agree, John, just so you know. <laughs> Why well, is he a journalist? Because remember he done the uh, Eagles Off to America? Oh, yeah, sorry. Right, go on ahead. Sorry. Um, the name of the Midlands show is Euro Project. With a K. With a K. Euro Project. The name of Paul's garage is Motorfix. How do you spell that? M-O-T-O-R-F-I-X. There's an R in it? Not Motofix? I don't know. Ooh. I might have to check that one. <laughs> And Penn must have run an ink when I was writing that one, Connor, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, I'll give you a tick. Um, I'll be kind. The name of the car that went up the hill at Goodwood was the McMurty Spearling. I think I spelled that wrong. No, you're dead on. I look at Peggy like you are. <laughs> no, I give, I give you the motor fix. <laughs> I give you it. I'm a, I'm a fair guy. Yeah. Uh, the parking layout at Eurotreffin, what was unique? It was circles. Yes. And it was achieved using, I've written, John Deere plotting software and a lawnmower on a string. Any combination of that will there do. We go. Yep. Two for that. What item of PPE did we say that you should wear when you're using a wire wheel attachment on a grinder or a drill? A cup. Yes. Tell us why, Connor. Because one of our beautiful listeners had to send us an x-ray of his balls with a wire wheel stuck on it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I haven't used a wire wheel and a grinder the same since. <laughs> uh, the winner of the 2022 Brazilian Grand Prix was George Wankin Russell. There we go. Oh, you got a full detail there. Because <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> Terry Spoiler was from an MR2. Yeah. Connor Old won Best Interior at Cleanfest Show. I was thinking that. I was going to put interior, but I put wheels, didn't I? You put wheels and I put top 25. Sorry, Connor. And the sum goes as follows. Today's episode number 79. Yeah. Minus the number of our car club, Shed 62. Yep. Multiply by Connor's favourite mark of golf, which is mark three. Yep. Add Ken Block's racing number, 43. Yep. Take away the number of sponsors, Studio 10. Yep. Minus Lewis Hamilton's racing number, 44. Oh, I was way off on that. I wrote three. What did you write now? 66? Add oh, seven. Uh, seven. the number of cylinders in Nigel's Corrado, which is six. Gives Dep- you a total. Depends if the quill pack's on this way out. <laughs> of 46. As in Maxwell House 46. Oh, I got 77. Or Nigel got 77. What did you get? 87 you got. 87. God damn it. Right. How did you do? Pearly. Uh, <laughs> do you Nigel? give uh, the first one One point there? for each. Yeah. One for each. Okay. One. Listeners, please, uh, if you've played along, let us know how you did as well. Okay. Final scores. Nigel got eight. Connor got nine. Oh, oh close. <laughs> it was very close. Well I'm done. I'm actually pleased I got that many. I like it. <laughs> I, did, I genuinely didn't know this was happening. She was like, she wouldn't tell me what it was. I was like, God damn it, Mum, I'm trying to plan the episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, that was brilliant. I enjoyed that. Yes, thank you. It's got my head uh, thinking. Maybe we should do a listener's quiz night or something like yes, that. Yes, that would be a good crack. See who um, actually listens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that that's finished, we can move on to our listeners' questions. Yeah. We have a few here we had backdated, so we will get through them yes, now. Yes, we didn't actually put out for new questions this time because we still had some to do from last time. Every time we do, we end up a whole Apologies to everybody who we haven't got to yet. We're, we're going to do it now. Um, okay, the first one here we have Borley, uh, W80RLY. Looking back, is there anything you regret letting go of? Really miss having a transporter? Borley misses his transporter, but he loves his caddy. He does. He'll miss the caddy if he sells I think, he would. I think he's chatting the cell there. I've seen the post, yeah. He's blown hot and cold. I think he doesn't yeah. know what to do. <laughs> I miss my Swift. What a great a little car, car that was. And I miss the Sirocco too, but it had to be done for work reasons. I miss my Mark too. It's the, yeah. one, it's the one I the regret. The one that got away. Yep. Kills me. I miss the complete manic power of the RS6 I had. It was ridiculous, yeah. But, you know, you may fall. Don't miss feeling it. No. <laughs> Who knows what could appear in life afterwards? Is it? Who knows? I keep thinking that about a Mark II, but it doesn't appear. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Um, we'd also said anybody any plans over Christmas or anything? Uh, no poke, no love. Says no plans just so far, just waiting on parts. Thanks for keeping me company and work. No worries, Mark. Yep. A previous guest, Light Heard Pete. He says, small rant. Why is everything a subscription these days? Heated seats, home boilers. What the fuck? <laughs> Why is a home boiler on a subscription? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. He's right though. Everything is. And I don't get it. I don't like it. No, I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. I like to. Do you know when I'm very old school? Do you know when everything went to like iTunes? And I was like, but I want the CD. I want it in my hand. Yeah. I paid for it. Give me it. Yeah. A physical, a physical item I've bought. Yeah. Show me it. And then I'll scratch it and then it'll be ruined. So then iTunes actually would be better. But <laughs> <laughs> it's not the point. I don't like change. Oh. Leah, we mentioned about the cheap flights. Oh, yeah. Starting 2024. Uh, Danny, Mav90G60, says, Party in Ireland 2024 with direct flights. Titanic dubs for the win. You. Come uh, on ahead, lads. Danny's a big history buff. S underscore Doug. Any small block 1 litre slash 1.3 litre builds you'd recommend? Very few people seem to do them. You guys, anything? I have I have a few here. Can't think of any offhand. They... The one I'll say here you guys will probably know is Winston's yellow Sirocco, Mark 1 Sirocco. Is it a 1300, is it? Well, it's a 1400, but it's the same small block. Oh, right, okay. It's the 14 out of the Mark 3s. The car's incredible. It was originally on throttle bodies, and he's now putting it back to a turbo carb, or maybe a supercharged carb, I'm not sure. But you can check about it on Instagram. It's chill Instagram, And if you can't find it, give me a shout, and I'll send it across. Uh, on a totally different well Winston's car is very showy on a different end of the scale is I think it's a Dutch guy um, I'll just spell out his Instagram name so I don't make a dick out of myself but it's K-N-A-R-F Mark 1 and it's a Mark 1 and it's like a we talked before but like Singer it's like a project study on how light you can make a car so it's a small block 14 16 valve with the internals of a 16 16 valve in it it makes 200 
something horse, 206 horsepower, and it weighs 697 kilograms. That's fun. Class. And he tracks it. He, he, it's a proper driver's car. It's a really interesting wee car, and he puts up videos and schematics and all the dynos, and you only see, like, guys doing track days, and there's telemetry and stuff on the screen. So it's very, very interesting to watch. So That's that good. covers a lot of bases there. That's my nerdy small block knowledge all used up for the day. <laughs> um... Eric Chung, he says, electric scooter races, let's go. Sorry, before you move on, I didn't realise we could go above 1.3s. Phil Drews, 6N Polo. Yes, that's another 14, one. 14, 16 well. You might struggle to find details on it now, but yeah, yeah that was a... Gentle I'll, throttle bodies. Must actually send him that. Head work. Yeah, that's a good point. Did he go bottom end that? I can't remember if he did or didn't. That thing was an animal. It's a full engine build. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Chung says, electric scooter races, let's go. What type of shit? Keep her lit. Bring one. Yeah, there we go. Insurance will cover it. It's all good. Um, Matt Dobbs underscore says, any cheap dingling, happy, fun time coilovers for a 6N2? I think the days of cheap coilovers are numbered. Oh, it's eBay. You can still get your race lands. Like. Really? Uh, what sort of money are they? 200 quid. Uh, it used to be you could coilovers for like 130 100. quid, but now you, that's long gone. We're getting old. Inflation's killing us. Uh, Michael K GTI got the front of the B3 down another sorry another inch lower so it was good excellent good work um, light heart Pete again any decent Lego uh, any decent car related Legos over to the Lego specialist Lee I did my uh, thing the, uh, the charger I built that over Christmas oh yeah speed champions on the Fast and the Furious charger I've seen somebody who has built the Paul Walker one already even though it only came out a couple of days ago um i'll have to get that ordered up of course other than that no but i did get some other lego which stefan got me which was uh the thor love and thunder it was the big like viking boat with the goats the goats on it so <laughs> i did good. enjoy building that <laughs> no legos for me you guys all know no afraid not um jack underscore slow up new year new biscuit man's obsessed with biscuits any nice biscuits over the holidays? Yes. Mm-hmm. Shortbread. Tell us. What do you call them? Tunnocks? Caramel? You know the biscuits? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, right, you have the standard sort of block ones. Yeah. Well, I got, I don't know, something, you know, I sometimes family would leave around a bag and there'd be all sorts of biscuits. Yeah. Well, there'd be tubs of, they're like, wee, uh, they're like flattened ones. Okay. And they're more chewy. Ooh, oh, so yum. they got devoured rather quickly. They sound good. So they're like wafer and caramel, like a chewy caramel, aren't they? They're basically it's like somebody's just squashed them down, so they're more flat. They look like a Kit Kat bar almost. Mm. They're not I as like big, it. like, but definitely like them. Love perfect for a cup of tea. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I'm in all in on that. We had some nice shortbread. Do you like shortbread? Yeah. Good. Good for the the diet. Yes. <laughs> that starts good Monday. for the teeth. Um, that starts every Monday. Yes. Um, it was Monday night. <laughs> Monday afternoon. <laughs> um, Arn Noodle, Arn Noodle Hegarty, he had said before he was going to make a start in the Beetle over winter, and he yep. has. Uh, made a start in the Beetle today. All been well. Engine out tomorrow and get the valves sorted. So, excellent. Good to see progress. More, more good work. What else have we got? Audi underscore exclusive. What's the one modification you want to do but haven't yet due to budget or rarity? 16 valve G60. Oh. Yes, that's a project and a half. Look that up, kids. That's um, <laughs> with a band Bremer charger. Alex is one taxi on Instagram and the Mark One. That's 16 valve G60. Yeah. Never fails to amaze me. 
you look at massive power of them, like Darren Lennox is his was he, pretty heavily modified and he's just about getting 210, 220. But just such a cool engine and the his, history behind that engine. It's just period correct. Yeah. It's so nice. But I'll put a Bam Bremer charge on it for extra coolness. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Escort Mexico seats for the Vento. You know the yeah. ones Peyton has? Aye. Those ones. They're a fortune. I know. They're then, so nice. And then Peyton appeared with them. I know, bastard. <laughs> uh, for me, there's there's two things. The underside restoration of the Mark III, that's going to be a big undertaking. It's be that's of, not so much budget or rarity, that's more of time. Yeah, well, budget or time. <laughs> um, what else have we got? I did have one other thing. Oh, well, this is this is done. Again, just haven't got the rest of the card on. Was finally get my Optimus interior from the Mark III oh, yeah. fitted. Which would be quite nice. Mm, I forgot about that. It's only been sitting from 2019. <laughs> yep. So just needs a car to go into, which would be nice. I suppose on the actual budget side of things, I've always toyed with the idea of supercharging the Bora. Which would yeah, be nice. Yeah, that would be good. Because it would bring it up to a nice daily driver standard of power. I'd fill it with torque too. Yeah. That's one thing I think they suffer a bit. They just need that extra bit of... TJ has tagged me in a few uh, kits and things I got for like two and a half to three grand throw another thousand pound onto that for odds and ends yeah. if you need it kind of thing and you're like that'd be nice investment in the daily but you kind of look at that and go well, once you go down that path there's well it was that and you were like we're saving for the garage you know and it was always something coming up that you're like i can't really afford to just drop yeah. four grand on something that i don't really need but i really want but maybe someday uh and then lastly we have gary heasley he says that's a good question. He says, "Have you have the opportunity to sit with any race driver, past or present, any car on any track? Who do you choose? Who, where, and what car do you choose, and why? I would choose Tommy Mackinnon, uh, Mitsubishi Evo Five, and Rally Finland in the snow. The Five is the most aggressive looking Evos in my opinion, and all my all time favorite. Of course, who better to pilot the mighty Lancer through the snow than a Finn? That's a pretty good choice. Yep, I'm gonna go Carlos Sainz Senior." Volkswagen Race Touareg Dakar. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, the Touareg Dakars are so cool yeah. on the rooftop. I'm going with the childhood hero, uh, Sebastian Loeb in the Citroen Zara on tarmac in 05 era Catalonia would be... You'll have to learn to speak French. Yeah, because... Because he, he won't speak English. Yeah, he's your typical French. <laughs> um, uh, the why is just because I idolized him as a kid. I grew up watching a lot of WRC and then fell out of the way of it. But the yeah. man just an absolute legend, and he's showing that even still at fifty three years of age in the Dakar. Yeah. But I I do I like the dirt. I like the snow. There's something cool about those Zaras and the tarmac spec. It just really do it yeah. for me. Yeah. For me, it's McRae and then Pretza. I don't care where the back car <laughs> anywhere anywhere <laughs> anywhere he wants to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Cool. cool. Wrap her up. Thank you very much, uh, everybody, as always, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you want to check us out on our social media, you can follow us collectively at Reload Podcast. If you want to donate, uh, help us out a little bit, uh, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com forward slash reload pod. Absolutely no obligation to do so. Um, but if you want to chuck us a quid or two, all is welcome. And once again, shout out to the guys who did. Yes. Thank yep. you again. Um, individually our social medias mine is at maxwell house 46 mine is at the dub boy and i'm at connor mccann cheers everybody see you soon bye cheers, folks. Bye. bye